generally the growth companies that are genuine growth companies are going to be remunerated even in a slowing down environment. So stay invested, but look for companies that are generally are strong growth companies uh, in the environment, investment environment. Uh, in terms of how we look at the, those uh, growth companies, how we identify, we have five themes here. Uh, we, we talk about transitioning societies, aging and lifestyle, uh, connected consumer automation, and clean tech. And that can broadly can be broken down in, in, in uh, uh, things like democ uh, uh, demographics, sustainability, and innovation. Uh, when we look at uh, evolving economy and certainly the, the things that I mentioned in terms of aging and lifestyle, consumer connecting, consumer automation, clean tech, and uh, transitioning societies, these are themes that are in our, our everyday life. So it's not something that is new. It's not something that has appeared the last couple of, of, couple of years. This is something that we've been dealing and living uh, and the society that is living through those themes, things like aging pharmacy, animal health, beauty and vision, just a few things around the aging and lifestyle, digital health, you have education, financial planning, which is something that is very relevant for, for the group here. So financial planning is becoming much more relevant as population are living longer and living longer in a much healthier, healthier way. Uh, places like connected consumer, advertising, banking, big data, online banking, you know, uh, financial planning online, which has been an evolution uh, for the last couple of uh, couple of years, and certainly in places like automation, and we talk, uh, we've seen a, around technology and AI, but also beyond that, we look at robotics, look at industrial softwares, but also how technology is changing uh, things like healthcare and how we actually look and how the healthcare is evolving in terms of diagnosis, but also operation uh, and aspects related to uh, to the health uh, health aspects. In terms of um, Clean tech uh, parts of, uh, and we're breaking down on different sectors, certainly agriculture, battery, efficient factories, renewable uh, energy, but also recyclable. It's incredibly important. And then transitioning society, which is connecting consumer across different society, particularly the emerging uh, markets where uh, the uh, middle class is growing much faster than developed economies. Uh, when you look at the old economy and the new economy, that is present in each, every sector. If you look at the breakdown by market cap of the common sectors that you would invest in, uh, the old economy is, is present, uh, but the new economy is taking a larger share. And it's particularly taking a faster pace in places like uh, consumer discretionary, healthcare, as I talked about, uh, places like information technology, in terms of investing, and this is incredibly important, and this is an emphasis that we put, emphasis that we put on, is when you allocate into these themes, it's important that you invest into funds that have purity. And what does it mean, purity? Uh, what we define purity is that where we invest, or the fund, particular strategy, is investing more than 70% in high and medium exposure companies. So the companies that are you identifying in your portfolios, they have to generate anywhere between 10 to 50% revenue. This is a medium exposure company or higher than 50%, which is called a high exposure company, uh, out, of, uh, out of the particular theme. So purity is incredibly important for you to have uh, a trend or to be able to invest with conviction into those strategies and certainly have um, uh, benefits, performance benefits uh, going forward. Uh, when we look at the first automation, I'll break it down each of the themes. So certainly automation, if you look at the growth of automation, is certainly the growth opportunity is just started. Uh, if you look at the growth at, uh, from 1993 to 2008, it was about an average of 5%. 
uh, from 2010 to 2024, which is again, forecast is about an average of 11% per annum. It's the expected growth, and this is an expectation of growth worldwide. So the new, new technologies means that the use of robotics in society will increase efficiency, precision, and safety. And efficiency we'll see later, and you see in the next slide, efficiency is incredibly important, uh, particularly in a world where we're reshoring, or if you might call it the globalization, where a lot of the uh, uh, labor is shifting to where the concentration is, away from China, back to US, or reshoring into their own home countries. So it's important for the companies uh, where the reshoring has happened to become much more efficient and certainly become um, a little bit more automated. When you look at labor costs over the last uh, decade, if not more than that, that has increased significantly. If you look at China, the labor cost has increased by 11%. US, you look at the warehouse, um, uh, non-supervisory non employees, that's increased significantly. So what is important is that with that trend, the companies to stay profitable, particularly in a market where you have high pressure from inflation, high pressure from elevated labor costs, it's important that companies draw efficiencies uh, by automating some of the processes that we can automate in. And certainly the shrinking of the working population, it's another reason. Uh, we have an aging population, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about it in a later section. The, the decrease in a working population is certainly driving that automation need uh, for going forward. When you look at the, uh, uh, the, the drivers, as I said, the, uh, the cost, the labor cost, and certainly the, uh, the decrease of or the, the aging population is one of the right, but also the evolving technology. And we've seen the presentations earlier, how fast the technology is evolving as becoming much more efficient. And you can see here the total cost uh, of a spot welding robot in US automotive industry, that's decreased significantly. And you can see it's about 22% uh, down. That's expected to decrease uh, from 2004, 2020. So a, a significant deceleration where that efficiencies are coming from. Uh, when you look at the robo robotics density, that's still not well penetrated. If you look at the average here, the density is around about 113. Uh, certainly the, the robotics uh, the density is a lot of concentrated in Korea, and as you expect, because they're obviously at our automobile um, uh, production. Uh, but if you look in China, which is obviously a growing economy, and Japan, Germany, and US, that still has lagging, or there's still capacity for that to grow. Particularly, as I said earlier, where the reshoring trend is happening as we continue uh, uh, to evolve across these developed economies, where a lot of the industry will come back home and certainly require a lot more uh, productivity need and certainly a lot more automation. When it comes to the themes, how do we break them down? Um, as I said, it's not just about industrial. Robotics is one of them. Robotics, logistics, and industrial automation is one of the themes, and I've just talked about. Transportation is another one, so autonomous vehicles is important. A lot of the chips that are produced is certainly is very present in uh, particularly the, um, the vehicles that are obviously the AV vehicles that are being produced. And then if you look at healthcare and robotics, um, Surgery, uh, obviously the surgery and the, some of the uh, diagnosis, a lot of it is being implemented through across through healthcare. And then you look at technology enablers, software, semiconductors, and component and vision systems. So all of that are the parts where the automation is taking place and it's evolving very fast. So it's not just, if you think a factory will need, it has the need for automation across different industries, the automation is happening and is continuing to happen due to those generational or the shifts in the way we operate, the shifts in how we extract efficiencies uh, and certainly the shifts in how we live uh, going forward. Uh, in terms of connected consumer, and again, this has been just the beginning of what we think is going to be a multi-year investment theme. 
And this relates to largely to e-commerce growth, uh, supported certainly by uh, improved shopping experience. Many of us hasn't shopped or weren't shopping online the last, I would say, if you look at 10 years ago. But increasingly, a lot of us are shopping online, particularly the pandemics had an impact on how fast we adopted the online shopping. But the experience has improved significantly, uh, everywhere from the groceries to clothing uh, to even some of the house goods like furniture, uh, even some of the, the electronics that are being purchased online now because the experience has improved. And certainly some of the elements that will break it down has led to that improvement of uh, a customer experience. And if you look at the, the um, e-commerce, about only 25% on average globally is transacted online. So certainly that growth is expected to stay and, and become prevalent. And if you look at the growth from 2000 to 2021, certainly the growth has accelerated significantly and is expected to stay of us uh, as, we, as we move into the next, uh, next generation. Uh, we look at the pandemic, and as I mentioned earlier, the pandemic has shifted in the way consumers are shopping, uh, and purely because we couldn't go into the physical shops and we shopped online, uh, but also that comfort of having things delivered to you by shopping online is staying of us. So, uh, people have built some habits that are now very hard to break. So the habits will stay and will continue. So that online experience will continue to grow. And you can see here the pre and post pandemic growth uh, for the online in the US. But if you look in places like uh, China, US, South Korea and the UK, again, you can see a big shift uh, of, of that uh, consumer and certainly post pandemic and the expectation of growth uh, are certainly uh, very significant. When we look again, breaking it down, how do we take and how do we capitalize on uh, connected consumer? Uh, so certainly discovery, so this is related to places like advertising and marketing, search engine, so improving of that customer experience in terms of searching for the goods uh, that you want to purchase. Uh, then you have decisions, which we call a decision, we call it commerce, e-commerce, the portal apps, the media and entertainment. Uh, and then you have the delivery, so uh, everything from pay payments to fintech, uh, cybersecurity, which again, it's a big growing sector. Uh, and you have logistics and real estate. Um, so companies that facilitate uh, secure payments, uh, but also the logistics and help the consumer have those goods much quicker. So allocation of certain uh, companies and positioning in certain um, uh, physical real estate places to help deliveries to be my fa much faster, I, I certainly uh, a, growth, a growth area. And then you look at data and enablers. So data, certainly the company are providing uh, that provide technologies and services and enablers as well are important when you look at um, the growth of connected consumer. Now we're looking at the third theme. This is uh, uh, the aging and lifestyle. So uh, if you look at the, the, the world population, on average, the life expectancy is expected to increase. Uh, and we here have the statistics of Japan, US, and China. But more importantly, it's not just the life expectancy is increasing, the quality or the, the, the quality of life or the extended quality of life is increasing. So we're living better and we're paying a lot more attention of living better. So benefiting from that trend of us being much more conscious about our health, living longer and living longer healthier, it's incredibly important and certainly there are a few trends uh, that will sustain uh, a global growth themes for, uh, uh, for companies that play into that, into that, uh, into that um, uh, generational shift. Uh, if you look at the, and again, this is not something that we said, uh, but uh, there's a, a statement, this is a publication um, uh, that makes a statement that there's the majority, majority of children born in the rich countries today can expect to live more than, a, uh, than 100. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a big statement, but it, what it says really 
uh, is that we are going to live longer, whatever we live to 100, I mean, uh, we get to see, but uh, certainly we are living longer uh, and capitalizing on that extended life, it's incredibly, uh, incredibly important. Uh, when you look at uh, population globally and where uh, the spending, how the, the population is, is aging, so the population of uh, 60 plus is expected to increase by 42 percent uh, from 2018 to, the, to 2030. So a significant part of the population is going to be above 50 or 55. So, uh, and that's growing five times faster uh, um, than the, uh, the, the new or the younger generation. So if you look at the total growth, it's about 42% uh, growth, and this is uh, a total of 1.4 billion. It's expected to be above the, 50, the 60, uh, 60 uh, year of, uh, of age uh, by 2030, and that's bigger than the US, which is the th third largest country in the world. So again, a big portion of, of population will be much older. Uh, and the important part is that that aging population, that portion of the population, tends to spend a lot more than the younger population. A lot of the concentration of the wealth is certainly in that group of people. If you don't mind saying not for 60 plus, but certainly 45, 50, 55 plus is certainly where you see the most concentration of wealth. And the ability of that sector or that uh, portion of the population to consume is certainly much higher uh, than on the younger population. You can see here uh, the percentage of, um, of consumption is 55% is expected to come from that part of the population. So again, capitalizing on some of those trends related to aging and lifestyle is uh, trends that investors should pay attention to when we look at those quality growth that will sustain for periods of time. Uh, when we look at some uh, of the ways we break it down, uh, wellness, again, we're living longer, we're living better. Uh, silver, uh, silver spending, again, the, the older population uh, spending uh, patterns. Uh, and then the senior, senior care, so taking care of the elderly or that population that's aging, again, it's important. And last and not least is treatment. So certainly paying attention of treating and preventative treatment of certain diseases is something where we'll look at and take companies that will, could prevent some of those uh, or take opportunity of some of those trends. Uh, when we look at transitioning societies, uh, there is, uh, by and large, really tapping into the growing uh, middle class, particularly in emerging markets, and certainly what are the opportunities that uh, that growing middle class can bring to companies uh, globally. And the last and not least, I'm going to focus a little bit on a clean tech, uh, and I appreciate that we're running out of time. Uh, but the clean tech connects very well to the session that I presented last year uh, around uh, green bonds uh, and the, the, the obligation that we as all in society have uh, with regards to our environment uh, and how do we make an impact but also benefit uh, from being or doing good. So and I think that's an incredible um, uh, part or important part from all of us is investing but also being conscious that we're investing in a good manner. Uh, and how do we take, um, when you look at it, contributors of uh, uh, sectors or sectors that contribute to the most uh, global uh, greenhouse gas emissions. They're broken down on certainly places like energy production, not surprising, but agriculture takes a large part of that, of those emissions. Transportation, uh, industries, and certainly the buildings are taking a part of it. So looking at companies that are bringing efficiencies to bring that CO2, to bring better a better um, environment to all of us. I think those are the companies that will profit going, uh, going forward. Uh, 
In terms of how do I take opportunity, how do we all as investors look at uh, taking advantage of these trends? Uh, is low carbon transport clearly that is something that is evolving? So EVs are very much becoming present in our societies. Battery enablers, uh, and then we look at smart energy, so uh, and renewable and greed, uh, green buildings, efficient factories. Agriculture is incredibly important, and as I shown earlier, agriculture is, is, is a big contributor to CO2 emissions. So bringing efficiencies in that is a part that we need to pay attention to in terms of that generational shifts uh, in the society and selling the way we invest. And natural resources and uh, preservation, water recycling and waste management are certainly the areas uh, that um, uh, clients can look at to uh, deploy their investments. When we look at green bonds, and this is the topic that I talked about last year, uh, we call it the marriage of capital and purpose. Uh, these are bonds, so in addition, so the first part you might say, those are the themes that clients can invest through an equity market or stocks. Uh, if you want to invest or deploy through bonds and do good to the society, green bonds is an area where you can deploy uh, your investments and certainly um, bring uh, uh, do benefits or have benefits to the society, uh, bring down the, uh, the carbons in, in, in the, and, uh, and the environment, uh, but also benefit from the transparency that green bonds have, i.e. through the uh, way in which they report and certainly in the way they direct their investments towards uh, green projects. Uh, some of the green projects that uh, this, uh, um, this proceeds are, are getting deployed to, renewable energy, pollution prevention, as I said earlier, similar to the equity themes, energy efficient, bi energy efficient biodiversity, uh, and certainly doing investing either through equities or through fixed income is, is uh, a, a, an alternative available to, uh, to clients. In terms of the green bond market, uh, many of you might not know, but last year they achieved about a trillion in size. Uh, and it's double uh, A minus rated on average of about 613 issuers. So well diversified is becoming quite dense, quite liquid, uh, and an opportunity that investors should look at uh, uh, when um, they're looking to deploy and tap into that clean economy theme, either through equities or in uh, fixed income. In terms of, uh, and the last and not least, you have to end up with a performance graph. Uh, this is a graph that shows the, the performance of evolving economy versus an old economy universe. And you can see the uh, two last, uh, two, uh, two last year, and this is data, uh, to September last year. Uh, it's, it provided a performance of about 29%. So staying invested in uh, secular trends and looking beyond the no noise is certainly a way forward. And as Nick said earlier, stay invested in quality growth companies uh, and you will get remunerated. And the last and not least, as I said, uh, um, look beyond the VUCA noise uh, with the theme of uh, this, uh, this forum. Uh, places that we should look at is in changing dem demographics, innovation and sustainability. And all of those are themes that are changing the way we deploy the money in the way we are operating, the way we're living. Uh, so staying invested in quality companies that are tapping into those themes uh, is a way forward, even in a volatile market investors can have long-term uh, returns. The, the interest rates have, and then the growth is associated by, by definition is associated with interest rates, so the capital just become more expensive. So certainly it brings down the valuations, it brings some uh, correction in the market, uh, which is not a bad thing, because then it helps investors to just look beyond that 
valuation adjustment and look at companies that really generate revenues and they're good quality companies. And we do think, and as I said earlier, uh, good quality companies will get remunerated through cyclical periods like that, right? So staying investing in themes that are shifting in the way we allocate capital, shifting in the way we live, I think this is the, the way to, to, to go forward. Yeah. And look, I, I think this is the part that comes back to purity. I mean, it depends which thematic funds you invest in, right? And for us, and we showed in the chart, uh, the evolving economies have outperformed. And this is when you look at evolving economy, it's accumulation of all the uh, five themes that I, I talked about. Uh, that's shown of outperformance of 29%, right? So uh, I would refute that, that if you are investing in pure companies, and as I said, as I defined purity earlier, 70% of your portfolios or more should be in uh, medium to high companies uh, that allocate to the themes that, uh, that you're defining that thematic, I think is incredibly important. So focusing on managers that have clear definition of the themes, have the purity, and certainly pay attention to the purity of the theme is, is how investors should differentiate between uh, between different thematic funds. So pay attention to what's inside, uh, not just the name of the fund. Metaverse is not just about virtual world for gaming or virtual world for socializing. There's a big part of industrial, which is metaverse, right? So if you break it down, uh, and certainly we have, uh, we're happy to follow up uh, later on, we have a, obviously a fund that for investors in, in purely metaverse. So there's gaming, there is social, and then there's the industrial. Uh, and I think when you look at the elements that you're concerned about, you're referring to obviously the gaming and some of the social elements, but there's a big part of it, which is efficiencies, and I talked about earlier, efficiencies that are brought into the industrial sector. You can run some virtual workshops in terms of some of the automation and some of the aspects related to industrial activities that are done virtually and you don't have to potentially put some either people at risk or you can do it much more efficiently. So it's not just beyond the fact what the headline has been because of the meta, of course, the ex-Facebook, that everybody believes the metaverse is an evolution and only a development for the gaming and for the socializing, which again, they both have an element of uh, importance, but you also have to remember that there is element of industrial, which is bringing a lot of efficiencies, a lot of productivity efficiency that is that's important for evolving society and certainly for the evolving economies yeah yeah and, and again this come back it comes back to what is the purity of the company one how do you identify those companies but the second is what type of growth companies you're looking at. So uh, we look at quality growth companies, so companies that sustain to different cyclical periods. We look at companies that are well capitalized and have sustainable businesses. The companies that you probably might refer to that can see a lot more velocity in terms of the investor appetite are companies that are uh, looking at future prospects of certain evolution or innovation. A lot of companies that depend potentially on advertising on things that are not real. So we're looking a lot more on balance sheet quality. So again, don't look at just the headline of the theme, but break it down which companies they're investing in. So our focus, for instance, from what, how we invest is the quality growth companies that sustain through time, so the velocity in our portfolio is not that high. But again, you have to look at, are those companies, uh, first of the period of the portfolio, but also are those companies that are very small to medium, uh, medium companies, or those are large companies uh, that, uh, again, have a better balance sheet and also uh, growth prospects that are sustainable through different uh, cyclical periods of time. Yeah. I would say in, in, it's defined probably as a growth, so diversification in terms of 
uh, you can look at the country composition, where is those thematics are in terms of country concentration, so they tend to be a lot in the US, so if you're highly skewed to Australian equities, for instance, a diversification away from the home market is potentially a way of, of doing it. Uh, and certainly you can look at the diversification across what is my sector concentration, because those thematics, depending on the theme that you're going to look at, is you're going to look to diversify. Uh, if you're sitting in growth companies that are very much tech, uh, you, you might want to diversify and grow up companies that are looking at aging population and healthcare, right? So uh, think about uh, growth, because growth is not uniform. It's not a blanket of growth. Growth can come from different parts of the market. So stay potentially, if you're too concentrated in technology, uh, and potentially I don't know, Australian market, then think about thematics of asset diversifier to your portfolio to bring growth from other parts of the world and also other, other type of uh, sectors or growth uh, megatrends, if you might call, or growth from other parts of the, 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 the themes that I talked about. That's correct. So, and the new technology is very much to what I referred earlier. It's the, the companies that are potentially expected to sell a more velocity with investor appetite because the new technology are much more susceptible uh, to the interest rates as called volatility because they're, they're not so well capitalized. So we're looking as much as we're looking at, at new trends, we're looking at companies that have sustainable businesses, so less so into the new technology part that are uh, much smaller companies, uh, and they're certainly much more at risk of susceptible to certain shifts in, in, in the, some of the, 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 the economic shifts. Uh, so staying uh, new technologies certainly have suffered in 2020 to the most, but this year, of course, they've recovered because valuations are or investors are chasing the bottom uh, and the valuations are very cheap, but that's not necessarily where uh, you would see the most sustained growth. Again, you have very selective, particular in areas of new technology, which are more uh, susceptible to changes in obviously funding costs, the balance sheets are less uh, resilient, they're much weaker. So we're staying a lot more invested in solid growth companies uh, that can actually sustain through that uh, volatile period or uh, softer growth period, if you want to call it. So, so we don't. So we look at company. I mean, if you look at uh, world is globalized, right? So we look at quality companies, and by definition, will be a question that a lot of clients ask: Are you exposed to emerging markets? Not per se directly, but through the operation of certain companies that have operations in parts of the emerging markets we're suddenly exposed to, right? So it's not by necessarily defining the countries or jurisdictions uh, as such, but we actually look at where the company is present to to give you the breakdown of the country uh, country exposure rather than kind of focusing on particular particular countries. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, there's a rigorous portfolio management process. So we have a research team, so the analysts, uh, we have portfolio management teams that will do the asset allocation. But there's a research team that focuses on mining the data, getting the, 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 all the information out to identify the purity, first of all. So a lot of time is spent on what is the balance of the company, what are the operations are sitting, what are the themes that they're exposed to, to actually draw down and bring that purity into the funds. So the analysts do that. Then the portfolio manage, managers will build the portfolio based on uh, what do they think in terms of uh, asset allocation, what are the exposures, what are the, the companies that they want to focus on, right? So it's a lot of time spent in kind of assessing the balance sheet of the companies and, and understanding where the revenue is coming from, breaking it down very clearly. So analysts and PM, but PM focuses more on asset allocation of, overall in the portfolio, but a lot of that comes from the, our analyst teams that uh, sits on the ground, yeah.